In today's culture, there's such a fog surrounding the concept of masculinity, what it is, what exactly are the masculine virtues, and what a man can do right now to better himself as a man. And because of this fog, it can be difficult to get clarity on these topics and on these issues. So today I brought in a special guest who has a lot to say on the topic. And I think you're really going to like it. So if this interests you, then stick around because this is a good one. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Uncaged the Lion podcast. So glad to have you on board. So glad to have you here tuned in. And I am your host, Will Layton, the founder of the Uncaged the Lion movement. And if you're unfamiliar with who we are, what we do, what this movement is about, then real quick, we seek to raise up men of God in the culture. We uh, we think that it's imperative that we restore and we recover that lion-hearted masculinity that is all about God. We think that society needs more masculinity, not less. And we believe in traditional values, biblical values. And so that's what we seek to do here. We seek to make men better men, make fathers better fathers and husbands better husbands so that they can lead their families, their communities, their churches in the best way possible. So if that sounds good to you, if that resonates with you, then I'm glad to have you here. Join the movement, join the brotherhood. And uh, one last thing, link up and connect with me and with the movement wherever you uh, hang out online. I'm really active over on Instagram, so follow me over there. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Please, would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, We'll be starting a YouTube page here any any day now. uh, So you might, by the time this is released, there might be one. Uh, connect with me on MeWe, Facebook, uh, over on Gab, really interested in Gab. And I have a Parlor account, love Parlor, but they're still shut down right now because uh, they're cracking down on free speech if you're a conservative and a Christian. So the reason I mention all those things is because it's, uh, well, we live in interesting times, folks. So, <laughs> you know, get on the email list. That way that, you know, when when we get banned from all these other places that you can still get in contact and hear the message. and. Uh, So please, that's really important. Get on the email list. And one last thing is, please, it helps immensely. If you like this movement, if if this resonates with you, then please share and leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes and wherever else you're listening. That is uh, so important for the algorithm. It helps push the message message out to more people and uh, to men that need to hear it. So share. Share with the men in your life. Share with your friends. And uh, without further ado, I want you to hear this uh, message that Damien, my good friend from Masculine Tradition, has to say. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer, so dive right in. Welcome to the Uncage the Lion podcast, and I am so glad to be uh, able to interview my good friend and um, a fellow, I would say, a fellow titan in the uh, masculine uh, movement. And so this is Damien from masculine tradition. He is the founder of a thriving Instagram page and movement uh, promoting 
biblical masculinity and all the things we talk about here on Uncaged the Lion. So chances are, if you're familiar with me, you're familiar with what he does as well. And uh, I just wanted to sit down with him and talk about the masculine virtues, um, the big three uh, natures of of man that you know a man should seek to develop, and uh, get his thoughts on it. And real quick, um, you know, I'm going to give the floor to him in just a second, but I just want to say, uh, you know, Damien's been an awesome friend, and I'm so glad to have met him. And he's one of the strongest guys I know physically. He's a uh, he's a strength coach, uh, personal trainer, and a you know a very good power lifter. So he's going to have some things to tell you gents about lifting and getting stronger uh, mentally and physically. So without further ado, Damien, why don't you tell us a little bit about it yourself and uh, we'll dive right in. Thanks for that introduction, man. I'm really happy to be here. This is truly an honor. I know we're going to look back on this and really see how far you've come. So I'm just happy to be the first, one of the first yeah, guests on the Uncaged. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, I appreciate that. You actually really uh, inspired me to, uh, keep going strong with these pages and promoting biblical masculine content out there. But, um, yeah, you know, I was just, I was inspired by really seeing all the evil in the world as, as I think you were too. I think all of us, the trad community really came alive when we saw all the propaganda and what the culture has been telling us about toxic masculinity and all this stuff. And that was a true inspiration. You know, God takes uh, the weaknesses and the evil and turns it into something that his children can really thrive on. And that's what we've been doing, man. It's really awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah, just a little bit about me. I'm a, I'm a strength coach, personal trainer. I do powerlifting. So I think that's an aspect that every man can get, um, can get on board with because developing yourself physically really kind of falls into all the other categories, spiritually, um, mentally, financially, you're feeling good. You're, you're thinking clearly. So you're all set to go, man. That's how God wants us to be. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm psyched. I'm really glad that you're my first ever uh, interviewed guest on the podcast. Um, as of right now, I have four episodes recorded, and this will be the fifth. And I uh, haven't launched yet. Um, so when people do see this episode, um, you know, I have obviously I've launched, and this will be the fifth episode that come out. But I'm probably going to release them all at the same time. But on this episode, I really wanted to highlight and tap into your expertise in some of these areas because you really like to focus on the virtues of masculinity, you know, what makes a good man, uh, what constitutes uh, real greatness in a man. Um, and with the Uncaged the Lion philosophy and the way that I like to present things, I like to simplify it. I have this concept that I've talked about a little bit. It's something I've come up with to help me out. Um, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily... Um, unique. I'm sure other people have talked about something similar, but I call it the, as of right now, I call it the golden triangle of masculinity. And that's just basically the foundation um, of masculinity. I think you need to have a strong spiritual and moral nature as a man. So if you can imagine a triangle, the base is the uh, spiritual and moral nature as a man. So you really need to feed this um, aspect. You really need to develop these virtues that fit within that category and that'll give you a real strong foundation to uh, continue your masculine development and uh, just continue to grow as an individual, as a man, as a leader. And then up one of the other sides is the intellectual uh, aspect of a man, the intellectual nature. In this category, like I said, I like to simplify, but in this category, I uh, like to lump you know, your creative nature, 
um, you know, finances as well, wealth building, you know, business. Um, so these are all things that you need to develop your intellect and your intellectual virtues to do. And then uh, along the other side of the triangle, I put the physical nature of a man and uh, lumped in with that is obviously his relational uh, nature as well. His uh, relationship with his wife, uh, with his family, intimacy, sex, these things. Um, so just a real good overview, thousand foot view. And in, in one of my earlier podcasts, I do, I touch upon this. I talk about it a little bit, um, but let's dive in. We'll talk about some of these. So let's start with spiritual. Uh, what do you think are the things that men should do right now um, to develop their spiritual virtues and, and to develop as a man spiritually? So, you know, give me some insight. There. I think what you've been really highlighting, which I really love is morning routines. Um, that's a big one for men and some, uh, some men have different schedules. I get that. But I think even if it's starting your day with reading a little passage or saying a quick prayer versus it could be an hour of praying, right. or to, it doesn't matter what the time frame is. I don't really like to focus on it. It has to be like 60 minutes or else you're not getting spiritual. No, as long as you're starting your day first in the morning, having that routine of immediately going to scripture, immediately thanking God for waking up that morning because we don't really think about that. We just take it for granted. But God woke us up that morning for a reason. We're, we're alive. We're still, we're blessed with another day on earth. And that's how we should look at it. You know what I mean? Amen. So you, what a way to look yeah. at it. That's a great, that's a great viewpoint. So yeah, just wake up in the morning, pray, thank God, read your Bible, keep it simple. You know what I mean? You don't have to think ahead. It doesn't have to be for an hour or two. It can, or it can be for 30 minutes. It can be for 10, just as long as you're focusing on that as your first part of your day, I think. And that's something you've been highlighting a lot, which I love is morning routines. That's something really big. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a foundational aspect of, you know, the uncaged lion movement and philosophy. I think every man needs a morning routine and just a little backstory on me. I've been trying to develop a morning routine for years now and I've miserably failed. And because of that, I've uh, miserably failed at all my other goals and ambitions in life because I couldn't get my stuff together. And when I say that, I mean, I'm being harsh on myself, like I've done well, but the things that I really wanted to nail down, like, you know, Bible reading every day, growing spiritually, um, you know, growing with my wife, um, you know, building different business ideas, starting a podcast a year, ago, a year ago, probably to the day, actually, maybe a few weeks back a year ago, I was supposed to be starting a YouTube channel focusing on finances and, and helping uh, guys, you know, develop wealth and stuff like that. I recorded a video right here, right where I'm sitting, recorded a video and I never uploaded it to YouTube. I never went any farther with it. And if I would have done that, if I would have done that one thing, uh, I'd probably have, I don't know, 20,000 subscribers on YouTube today or whatever it is. You know, if I was just consistent with it and kept, was uploading a few times a week, um, cause I have some good things to say about, about that. So, and we'll touch upon that later, but that's all because I didn't have a morning routine. Right. I just had a burst of ambition and a burst of ambition uh, gets you nowhere fast because um, that burst dies down. You know, it's just like having a it's like having a really nice sports car and um, having like a quarter of a tank of gas and trying to drive across the country on that. You're not going to get very. you're not going to you look good for a little bit, but you're not going to get very far. So, right. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. Morning routines are huge. So that's something I'm going to highlight a lot. Anybody that listens to me, I talk about that. I I've recently started um, taking on coaching clients, uh, helping them get productive morning routines, helping them build some of those uh, great habits and habit formation. I have, uh, you know, I worked with the guy, I just got done working with the guy um, 
a week ago or so, and we had a good time together. And so that might be something that I'll be opening up to more people in the future. But uh, morning routines, absolutely, because the first thing in the morning I think somebody should do, absolutely do, is uh, seek God, just how Jesus did. He woke up early before the sun, and he uh, went out and he prayed. And so that's what I've been trying to do. And I've been doing it pretty much every day. I think I may have missed a day here or there because I was uh, out Mm -hmm. traveling or at somebody's house or something like that. But that's how you should start your mornings with that spiritual nourishment. So, uh, you know, thank you for highlighting that. I think that's a great point to talk about. Um, You know, what else do you think? What else do you think in those spiritual virtues, a spiritual moral nature of a man should he do? You know, some practical things. What should a man do right now? So, Get up in the morning, pray, develop a morning routine. What else? Yeah, do you think? Um, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, that's what Jesus says. And that's exactly what, you know, and all other things will fall into place. So develop your morning routine. I think that's a big one for men is uh, memorizing scripture. Because oftentimes when we're confronted with a lot of the evil that's in the world, um, Jesus, when he was tempted by Satan, uh, all he did was use scripture. He never said, I'm Jesus, you can't tempt me. So we're not going to say, well, I'm a Christian. You can't tempt me. Um, you, I can't bond this. Right. He always used the word of God. And I think Jesus did a lot of things, for example, for us as men. Jesus was bold, but he was gentle. He was condemning at times, but he wasn't. He was a very balanced, virtuous man. He is a very, well, when he was a man on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so memorizing scripture, I think, to really kind of help us explain what's going on in our lives is something very important because I feel a lot of that's where a lot of Christian men lack is where something will happen, but the Bible talks about what to do in that kind of a situation. But because we don't know, or we don't spend enough time in the gospel, we just kind of go, Oh, well, I just got to pray more. It's like, well, praying goes hand in hand with reading the gospel. That's how God speaks to us. So I think memorizing scripture, just memorizing a verse a week. If you can meditate or memorize one verse a week, like go to Paul's letters or anything that's full of tons of how to handle things as a man, even Proverbs. So yeah, memorizing scripture, man, that's probably the best yeah. thing you can do. As a man. That's uh great, great stuff. That's convicting for me uh, personally, because uh, candid for the viewers right before we got on um, this pressed record, we were talking about, you know, you know, what Bible verses should we bring up or what things, you know, from scripture. And I was just like, well, you know, we'll just let it come up organically. Um, mainly because I haven't memorized very many verses. And I even said that to, to you, Damien, I was like, I, I need to memorize more verses. I'm not very good in that department. So that's convicting for me because, um, you know, it's when you memorize something, you really make it part of yourself. And, uh, scripture is, you know, it's the living word and, uh, it's, you know, it's our bread. It's our daily bread. So, um, yeah, it's massively important. So good. Good topic to bring up because I think that's something that not enough men, especially Christian, obviously Christian men, uh, do, and I don't do it. So um, I need to. <laughs> so that's convicting for me. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what else? Do you think? I'm happy you said that. You know, it's good to like see, and I, I do the same thing. Like where I could um, lack in a certain area, like I, I need to read more, um, more books and get more intellectually driven. I'm just with the gospel, but yeah, the reason I say that is just to keep it simple. I think a lot of people tend to, at least me, tend to stumble over a lot of simplicity with God. And I keep it the Bible, prayer, church, family. When we tend to think about, you know, things for ourselves 
and we try to go with all these theologians and go with all this stuff. That's great and all, but we need to see, you know, memorize some verses. You know, keep, keep it simple. Start start with the basics. You know what I mean? Because right. if we don't have the foundation, we can't yeah. we can't um, <laughs> we can't really reach what we're trying to without the foundation of the Word of God. But, uh, uh, right. Yeah, and and oh, no, quick, I'm just going to interrupt you. Sorry. Um, uh, you mentioned Jesus when he was tempted yeah. in the in the desert. And what he did was he, like you said, he didn't say, well, I'm Jesus. So, but he just used, he just quoted the Bible. He quoted scripture. And so if that's what the King of Kings does, how much more should we use that same tactic and, and how little do we actually do it? Um, great point, you know, cause now that I'm thinking about it, you know, you need to have, you need to have your armor, you know, as a, as a warrior for Christ and, and as, as a man, you know, fighting against the lies of the culture, fighting for truth, standing up for what's good and true and beautiful. You need to have your armor. You also, you need to have your arrows and you need to have your sword and, and the offense so often is going to be uh, scripture, you know, the truth, God's word. So great point because it's like going into battle without, without those things, yeah. without your armor, without your uh, shield, without your sword and arrows. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, what were you going to no, say? No, no, that's perfect because the gospel is actually described itself in the Bible as the sword. The living word of God is the sword. So you're not going to go on the battle with the one of the basic things you need. Absolutely. But um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. spiritual gains, I think, could be, you know, just spending more time in prayer, reading the Bible. And I would honestly say, too, a, a very simple thing that a lot of people tend to overlook is the Holy Spirit. I think that the Holy Spirit is this, the spirit of uh, how a man should be. The Holy Spirit has all the masculine virtues that we need. We don't have them as ourselves, as born into sin, being sons of Adam. But the Holy Spirit, when we ask Christ to give us the Holy Spirit, we tend to walk in a different way. The Holy Spirit's condemning. It says, don't do this, do that. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't. Right. It takes, takes the weight off of Absolutely. us as men. And if we walk in the spirit, like Paul is a great example of that. Um, walking in the Holy Spirit is the most masculine thing you can do. So I would say really highlight receiving him into your heart because we tend to overlook that too. You know, we could talk about Jesus and God, but Jesus said, I'm sending the helper. And this is the spirit of God living within you. you now, as a, as a man, yeah, that's all the virtues for, for you right there. You know what I mean? Right. Excellent point. Um, yeah. So, and so that will help obviously develop. That's the foundational piece, the spiritual, you got to get that right. And, you know, some people might say that are listening that aren't Christians. Cause I'm, you know, obviously I focus on biblical masculinity, but it just, you know, masculinity in general, we need a re revival and, uh, you know, to recover that. Um, and I think so much of that is tied in, you know, intertwined with, uh, Christ and with the Bible, obviously being a Christian myself, but some might say, okay, what about, a man who's not a Christian, what would you say? What would you say to a man who is not a Christian that wants to develop, um, who maybe is like, you know, who's open to it uh, possibly, but what would you tell that person that, you know, doesn't, you know, hasn't accepted Christ and it would not classify themselves as a Christian. What would you tell them to do to develop a spiritually and morally as a man? What are the virtues that they can um, try to develop and how should they go? Um, I would say the, the Bible itself isn't, I know a lot of people have mentioned that what Christians have read the Bible. I think that that's the first step in getting them closer to God. Um, I'm not going to 
say that they should pray to anything else or do anything else. But I think that reading scriptural content and trying to dive into what God, or if you're not a Christian, to what this book says about how to be a man, because it's full of, it's full of wisdom from ages ago that we that are so relevant today. So even if you're not a Christian, reading the letters of Paul is so relevant, how to be a man, reading Proverbs, how to handle finances, a wife, uh, kids, raising children. It's all full of wisdom from way back then. So we see it, we know it as the word of God, but even if you're not a Christian, I still think the Bible is beneficial for everyone. And I think that'll help them get closer to God. Yeah, absolutely. The wisdom is incredible that's in the Bible. And, um, you know, just direct them to the Bible. The Holy Spirit will convict. Um, and I've noticed that with a lot of some of these, um, I guess you would call them pagan masculinity pages. A lot of them follow me. Um, I follow some of them. I think they have some good content. Um, you know, some of them are some people that aren't Christians that would consider themselves pagans or, um, you know, just they don't really believe in God, but they really believe in masculinity and they believe in, you know, Western tradition and, and, and truth, absolute truth and, and moral goodness, um, you know, conservatives. And they, I've noticed a lot of them have been directed to growing a very healthy respect for uh, Christianity and for Christ and for even if they haven't quite fully embraced yet, just by chasing after the virtues. Because when you chase after, you know, Jesus Christ is the truth and, and, and God is, is truth and the Bible is truth. And when you are earnestly chasing after truth, I believe, and I believe that's one of the foundational things that every person should do, especially a man. Um, when you're chasing after the truth, you're automatically going to be led there. Um, and so I've noticed a lot of these people like, well, I didn't really consider Christianity before, but I see all the good that conservative ideals and Christian ideals and traditional values and biblical values have produced. You can't deny the fruit that is produced in the you know, Western civilization um, and just the good that comes from it and, and how it really adequately addresses the human condition, sin, that we are not basically good. We are basically evil and fallen. And that's the fundamental difference between, say, a progressive and a conservative person. Um, and I've just seen the people that have embrace that and see the need for masculinity in the culture and the need for fathers and the need for leaders and the need for people that'll stand bold for the truth. They've been drawn to that. And through that, they've been drawn to either investigating the Bible or at least having a healthy respect for Christianity and really, um, you know, appreciating some of the good fruits that it's done. So I would say for the non-Christian, wake up early in the morning, seek the truth. If you don't believe in God, seek God anyway, and see if he reveals himself to you. Um, read the Bible, like you said, uh, even if you're just reading it as a study or um, just to garner some wisdom from it, read it, take it seriously, pray over it, meditate on the words. Um, and also, I think another big thing is journal, because when you when a man seeks his purpose, that's a very spiritual and moral thing to do. And so early in the morning, journal, try to seek your purpose, try to um, just develop morally as a man. And, and as you do these things, I think it'll help lead you uh, to that spiritual development. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a Christian, maybe you're in the transition zone, um, you know, but biblical masculinity is the real deal. And I'm not going to pretend that it's not. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great to be a virtuous person, but without Christ, you know, you have nothing in the end. So um, I just implore and I, and I would tell people and encourage them, you know, seek God. That's the foundational part. So moving on from that, 
Um, I think there's some great points you brought up there. Let's talk about the intellectual nature of a man. What are the intellectual virtues and how should a man best uh, go about developing those? What should, um, what should a man do right now to develop his intellectual, maybe even, you know, talk about financial virtues, you know, that fall under that same umbrella. of Um, I know God has put certain people in place to help us out with that. I think that, um, there's a lot of finance, finance, uh, professionals on YouTube. I think Ramsey's one of them. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's a very yeah, like strong Ramsey. Christian. Yeah. And I know that he, his actual, actually his financial goes in line with the Bible and saying, not going into debt and thinking of money very differently, thinking of yourself as more of a net worth instead of a net, like just paycheck kind of a mentality. Um, how, how much of an inheritance can you leave yeah. to your grandchildren and stuff like that? Those are all biblical financial traits. And people think that the Bible doesn't talk that money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says is the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you think right. that way, it's just a very, um, uh, you're, it's coming from a place of ignorance. It's actually talks. The Bible says when you get a lot of money, be careful. And here's what God wants you to do with it. So I think, Listening to things like that, listening to people who are more experienced than you in finances, like Ramsey, I think is the best one. He's going to tell you how to save your money, leave an inheritance for your children. I think developing net worth is a great one, too. Um, And I'd also say when you really dive into the scripture, you tend to see who, what preachers are true, and what preachers aren't. So I think listening to old theologians like um, Charles Spurgeon, um, I'm not going to get too deep into theologians because I don't want to. I don't want anybody to get on that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Charles Virgin's good. And right, you know, there's yeah. a lot I think of listening to people there, like uh, that. John Piper's, I think is one. But when you listen to these men, they are very, it's, and this is called second degree theology. I think it's because the first one's the Bible. And these are people who follow the Bible, but they're just preaching to you. And I think hearing them say, explain certain things in the gospel really strengthens us as men because they're bringing it to a very yeah. um, logical we're like right now view it's very relevant right now that's helped me so much so i think watching true preachers billy graham's another one really helps a lot with yeah really it really helps a lot with our intellectual gains good stuff yeah absolutely i agree um i think you know because we're i want to give the most practical advice that i can give gents right now um you know i want to break it down as simple as i can for them what is something actionable that they can do because it's it's easy to talk about all these lofty things and really never get anything done so that's not the movement I want to I want to promote in in the type of men that I want to help build. I want to help build men of action. So you know, some really just simple ways to build your intellectual virtues. I think those are great ways. You know, listen to some theologians. Um, listen to uh, some of these finance guys. If you find that you lack in fine, you know, you lack in your financial area, your financial acumen, they might say. Um, and so. Dave Ramsey's great on finances. You know, I'll talk more about finances probably in a second. But um, another great way I think is just reading books. You know, um, and I talk about this. I, I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast I've already recorded. But you know, it's true that a reader or a leader is a reader. And um, you know, if you want to be a good leader, you need to be a reader. Um, I think that's a really true cliche statement, but it is. It's true. I mean, there's no getting around it. Um, and so there's another quote I think that's like the man who never reads a book lives one lifetime, but the man that reads books can live, you know, thousands of lifetimes. And so I think that that's a really good sentiment to take to heart too, because as a man, you're not just supposed to be a, um, only a spiritual faith 
based person or only a um, physical brute type person. You need to men- meld these aspects together and you need to have a robust understanding of how reality works, of science, of math, of these different things, even if you're not maybe naturally the most gifted at them. Um, and so reading, read about topics that you find interesting. I'm going to, I'll be mentioning books all throughout this podcast. I love, you know, good books. I got some really good books behind me on the shelf up there. I got, uh, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings and, you know, CS Lewis, the screw tape letters and tactics by Greg Kokel, an amazing apologetics book. So that's another thing, especially for Christian men out there, you need to be able to defend your faith intellectually because there's some people that you can only witness to and only um, be a light to by providing that intellectual answer. There's a lot of very intellectual atheists out there that that cannot come to God because they feel that it's just science and God don't mix. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. So as a man, I think it's your duty um, to be able to raise your children up with a strong intellect, with answers to why Christianity is true, why this worldview is true, why conservative values are true, why traditional values are true. Why it's good that a man be a man and a woman be a woman. Um, so reading, I like audible. Um, I like listening to books. I think that's a great way you can do it and develop your apologetics ability. Learn. Are there questions that you don't have the answer to that stumble you? If someone asks, okay, find the answer to that question, learn why science and faith are compatible. I know you're a fan of apologetics as well. I think it's so vitally important it's the reason I came, I would say came back to the faith. I never really left it, but I, I went on a truth quest, so to speak, uh, back in 2013 when I uh, had graduated and I was getting in arguments on Facebook with all kinds of atheists. And I realized I didn't have any good answers for their objections. And I was like, wait a second, am I only a Christian because I was born into a Christian family or am I a Christian because it's actually true? And I wanted their answer because I, Truth is the highest um, ideal, the highest thing to go after, in, in my opinion. And so I spent the next year or two, every single day, I spent like three hours a day studying metaphysics, philosophy, uh, you know, apologetics. I, I spent looking into the science, evolution, macroevolution, microevolution, uh, you know, the historical, the historicity of Jesus, you know, these things. I watched the biggest brightest minds debate each other, Christian scientists against atheist scientists on these issues. And I came back stronger than ever before, but I was willing to leave if it wasn't true. So test the things that you believe. And when you do that, you'll come back with a confidence that's unshakable. Um, And so I would really recommend that. I'll talk a lot more about apologetics on this podcast, of course, but just, I want to get you, I've been rambling here for a second. I want to get your thoughts. It was pretty condemning for me because when an atheist would have would approach me or say, well, that's never happened to me, but I would see arguments and I would say, well, this guy is just ignorant, which it's true. You know, the atheist is ignorant in a lot of senses, but I was kind of saying, well, why, why is he ignorant? Why is this that? Why am I not chasing this? You know, I'm like, oh, it's all by faith. You know, that's all it needs to be. And, you know, we can also have a deeper understanding. Proverbs says to seek wisdom. And I actually had it. I had it before I even thought of that. This the my King James apologetics, but it gives me a, yeah, it gives me a ton hey, of insight on with, with certain scriptures. Um, it'll talk about uh, why why a Buddhist thinks this and why a Muslim thinks that and why Jesus is 
is very separated from right. that. Here's the reason why. Here's why all the other. And it gives you this deeper insight about it. And I think, like you said, having those answers. And I wasn't like that before until I actually saw your page of Uncage the Lion because um, I saw, oh, wow, he's got like these um, these scientific explanations logically on why the existence of God is is it doesn't take as much faith yeah. as believing there's absolutely nothing at all. There's no God at all. Um, so you're, I think uh, the movie, um, the case for Christ is a really good example of somebody really chasing, chasing scientific absolutely. evidence in the history and the documents of Jesus Christ, how we can learn the new Testament is one of the, is probably the most, one of the most historically documented events in all of world history, how we can, Acknowledge yeah. that because an atheist saying Jesus never existed is complete ignorance too. Atheists have to acknowledge that he existed as well. So learning these little things about like how men just changed their whole lives and got decapitated for something that what they were saying is a hoax and how men don't do that. Never in the history of human human existence have men just left their whole lives for somebody right. that they didn't. Or you know, it doesn't. When you really get into what you're talking about, it doesn't take as much faith to believe the existence of God than it does to really not believe he exists at all. Yeah. Like the famous Frank Turek book, I don't have enough yep. faith to be an atheist. I think that's yep. a great place for people to start. So if you're wondering what apologetics is, if you're wondering why, you know, what are the good reasons to believe in Christianity from a scientific and philosophical standpoint, that's a great book to start. Uh, Frank Turek's been in instrumental in my development as a Christian, as a man. And uh, so that's, you know, that's that intellectual aspect. Mm -hmm. Search out for the truth. Search for these answers for questions you don't know. Um, also develop intellectual skills, you know, like being able to be, you know, being able to read a book consistently <laughs> and, you know, it's, and, and, and other skills like, you know, your financial acumen, like we talked about. Um, so just practical ways to do that. Read good books. See anything by C.S. Lewis. Read it right now. Um, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien, love them, you know, the, the fantasy stuff, but there's a lot of value in that. And especially when it comes to uh, learning how to be a man, because there's a lot of those traditional and uh, archetypical characters um, that you can garner a lot of wisdom from. Um, and then you know, apologetics books, books on science, learn about evolution. If you haven't figured out your stance on evolution yet, um, you know, I am a believer in change over time and adaptation within kind and species. But I think that molecule to man evolution is laughable at best. And um, I think that the, the evidence against it from what I've seen and what I've studied and there's quite a bit is uh, there's mountains of evidence pointing towards intelligent design as opposed to evolution. So if you don't know what these terms are and if you don't really know your stance, find your worldview seek out the most consistent and truthful worldview and keep testing things against it so that you can develop because a man without a worldview is a, you know, a man without a stance, you know, you need to be able to stand for something, take a stand and really believe it. And you should yep. have reasons a, why you believe those things. Logical, absolutely. There's a, there's a why. quote that really struck home to me. It's by, um, it's actually by John Calvin. I'm not going to get into that, but the quote itself is really good. And it says, um, it goes something like, when a dog barks for his master in defense, who am I as a child of God to not speak up when my master is under words under attack? And he said it just like that. Like what kind mm, of child, what yeah. kind of person are you? If somebody questions the word of God and you're just going to sit there and say nothing and right. you need to have wisdom to say something, you know, you need to speak up. You need to, you know, 
get the truth out there. You know, just like a dog defends its master, who are we to not defend our father? Absolutely. So that's kind of a big one that's just, that really just stuck on. Yeah. Me. Yeah, and uh, and in with this, um, that's a great quote, and in with this intellectual aspect and the intellectual virtues um, of a man and how to develop them. Obviously, the most practical things, like I said, read a book, listen to Audible, if that's your thing. Listen to podcasts, good podcasts. Listen to I don't know, the Ben Shapiro podcast, Andrew Clavin podcast, the band, you know, Dan Bongino, different, you know, or whatever it is for you. I'm a political guy, so I like political podcasts. And that brings me right to my next point is learn what is true politically because politics matter. And if you're a Christian, you can say, well, I like to keep politics out of things and, you know, Christ and, you know, separation there and stuff. Well, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. So learn what is the Christ-like worldview stance, the biblical, uh, traditional, masculine, virtuous stance to take on things. And, and politics is one of the biggest realms in your life. So I think that you should develop a uh, at least some sort of understanding of politics, how government works, and realize the importance of elections and your civic duties and things like that. So, I mean, we're, we're taking a thousand foot view here. But if, the, if there's an area that we're touching upon right now, um, gents that you're like, wow, I've really been neglecting that. Maybe you should figure it out. Maybe you've just been really ignoring politics because you don't care. Well, um, but you see all this transgender bathroom nonsense going on and tr- kids being able to be transgender, you know, change at four years old and all this evil, degenerate, horrible stuff. And you're raving about that, but you don't really care about, you know, actually right. going out and voting in elections and figuring out the Christ-like thing to do in these scenarios. There's a disconnect there. So figure it out and and study these things. And you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be a professor of politics. But, you know, just figure out your stance and take a take a stand on it after testing it to make sure it's true. Because as a leader of your home, as the patriarch of your home, how are you supposed to raise up your kids in truth if you don't really know it yourself? So uh, big, big thing there. Your final thoughts on that, and then we'll move on to an exciting topic, which would be the physical uh, aspects of manhood. Uh, yeah, so what are your final, final thoughts, thoughts on, on you know getting involved in, in government? Um, a lot of progressive Christians will use actually uh, scripture to defend certain things that just come from a place of ignorance. Where Jesus says, "Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's." Um, he's basically saying, you know, if, if these are the taxes, pay the taxes. Uh, you know, support where, where you're living or whatever. Don't make a big fuss about it jesus was saying but give unto the lord's what is the lord's and there's another verse in romans where it says the government authorities were put there in god's place so often people will think oh because the government is saying it's okay it's put there by god no that verse was actually put in a past content in the sense that it should be there to put god's will forth and if it's not we have to be the ones to tell them you are put here in this powerful position by God to actually fulfill his will. Government authorities are placed there by God and they should be doing God's will. And if they're not, that's when we speak up as, as men of God. So a lot of progressive Christians will use that in a defense saying, oh, well, they say it's okay. So God put them there. God put them there and they should be doing things just because God put a certain, just because a certain pastor is in a church doesn't mean that he's actually preaching the true word of God. And if he's not, we correct them. Same thing with politicians, same thing with presidents, same thing with government authorities. And just by reading the Bible, we can clearly see they're not doing God's will. So speaking up about it is actually what God wants us to do. They sh- we need to correct them saying, no, you're not, you're not the, the head. You're yeah. not the master. Christ is above all. 
And if you're not fulfilling God's will, uh, you need to be revelations talking about removing certain things and putting certain things in there that you like. It's, it's a very big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hold, hold their feet to the fire. And how are you supposed to do that as a man? How are you supposed to hold their feet to the fire if you don't really uh, know what things to test to see if they are, uh, you know, being virtuous leaders and good leaders, you know? So, you know, take these things to heart. Um, I like that though, you know? As, as a leader, as a man, as a leader of your home and as a patriarch of your home, you are uh, given the heavy responsibility and the heavy burden of uh, raising your children and washing your wife in the water by the word um, and, and seeing to it that you take care and steward your relationships and steward the people that God's given you. As a king, we talk about building kings uh, and, uh, and being lions. And a good king makes sure that his, uh, his kingdom's flourishing and blessed. And when you see that, you know, these things are infringing upon those rights, like religious liberty and uh, your family and your community and your church. And when you think you see these things getting under attack because there are bad Kings, so to speak, fake Kings and fake leaders out there that are not doing um, things abiding by the truth and by moral goodness. Um, it's your job, man, Christian man, to step up, step into that void and take action and challenge them and hold their feet to the fire. Cause I, I think that there's a really a lie, a pernicious lie throughout modern Christian culture. And that is that the modern Christian man is an effeminate passive man. And, and when you think of a modern Christian man, you think of kind of like a dorky looking guy that's carrying around a Bible and this and that we want to build lions. We want to build Kings. We want to uncage that line and show you what true masculinity was. Because if you think that that's what Jesus was, uh, you are sorely mistaken. Uh, he's going to be, you know, when he comes back the second time around, he's going to be coming back with the rod of iron and he's, uh, you're not going to want to mess with him. And when he came back the first time around as a tender, aggressive lion of the tribe of Juba, Judah, but also a lamb, uh, he was, he was nobody to mess around with. You think of, you know, that, verse in Matthew where he's flipping over the the tables of the money changers and with a whip driving them out. That's not an effeminate man. So if that's our ideal as a man, yeah. we, we got a lot of work to do. Modern church, modern Christian man. Uh, where are you shirking your responsibility? I would challenge you. Where are you shirking your responsibility to speak boldly for truth and step up even when those arrows are going to come at you because that cancel culture is coming we're like a tidal wave. So that's just yeah. a question for you to ponder. Um, yeah. So let's move on. I could talk about that for hours. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay a little bit structured here, not get on too many tangents. It's so easy talking oh, no, with you. Yeah. We can, we could talk for hours, man. Um, appreciate you, bro. Um, but where is, okay. What is the, what is something that a man can do now practically to develop his physical virtues as a man, to develop that physical nature. And we'll even get into the relational aspect because that's so important. Um, I think every man should lift weights um, for a big reason. I think God obviously designed us to be strong. What's one of the biggest differences between men and women is obviously our strength. Uh, Uh Uh-oh, don't say that. (laughs) I know, yeah. You can't say that. But, you know, what are you talking about? God is, <laughs> what are you talking about? We're we're completely we're the same absolutely thing. Absolutely no differences no at differences. all, man. Yeah, that's there. There are so many amazing, <laughs> beautiful feminine qualities that women can do that men cannot do, and there are amazing masculine qualities that men can do that women simply cannot do. 
Uh, even if they uh, strive to achieve it their whole lives and a man just kind of half-assed it and did whatever, he's still going to be stronger, you know, most likely. So uh, I think lifting weights and developing strength really kind of falls into having a healthy diet as well. If you want to gain muscle mass and you want to gain strength or you want to gain lean muscle, you got to be disciplined in what you're eating and what you're eating fuels your, your flesh and actually helps out your mind. Uh, if you're staying hydrated, if you're really researching right. and I'm one of these people that I don't care about counting calories or saying, you know, it has to be this much protein or this much, this, or this much, that if you're eating eggs, steak, rice, vegetables, um, fish, um, drinking a ton of water, uh, uh, potatoes, fruit, you know, if, you, if you're eating all this good stuff and you're yeah. taking care of yourself and you're getting sleep and you're staying hydrated, drinking a ton of water, you're going to develop yourself physically, no matter what. I don't care if you're, if you're protein, if, if you're eating all those things in general, you're going to be fine. Just keep it simple. Don't focus on, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. If overcomplicating it, uh, which is something I can do a lot because I'm a <laughs> perfectionist. If overcomplicating it is keeping you from actually seeing the results that you need to see um, stuck in that analysis paralysis mode. That is so often something that accompanies perfectionist mm-hmm. type of personalities. Uh, yeah. Just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. And uh, this morning I had four eggs, four pieces of Turkey bacon, some kimchi on the eggs. Uh, and I had some uh, hash Brown, like home, home fried home fries type of thing. Uh, already diced up potatoes, yeah. just kind of fried them up in a pan. That was good. I had a nice hearty glass of whole milk and I like to go with that. That's my go-to breakfast right now. I'm bulking. I'm putting on weight. I've put on four pounds in the last four weeks, roughly around a pound a week. That's uh, you know a great goal. I, I started at 172. I'm at 176 right now. Well, I don't know if that's true because I haven't weighed myself in a few days, so I might actually be heavier than that now. Muscle is coming back because there was a period of time there where I wasn't able to work out. I was so busy um, with my timber framing job and I'd wake up at five. I wouldn't get home until five at night. And after dinner, you know, I want to, I want to have some time with my wife. So I just did not have time for working out. And I I didn't really think that would be a real thing, but you know, you're the perfect guy to talk about this because you create strength programs for people. So if any of my viewers, you know, if any of the audience wants to get a program, you know, you're the guy to contact. I would say, I don't know if you're taking on new clients right now, but um, if so, you know, we can put your information there and they can DM, you know, hit you up in your DMs probably. And, um, but you're one of the strongest guys I know. So real quick, let's just talk credibility here. What are your, what are your lifts? What are your uh, uh, PRs my, right now? My PRs right now. So I can deadlift over 600 pounds. I can squat six, I squatted 600 flat. Um, I can bench like regular barbell bench press. Everyone cares about bench for some reason. I don't know why. It's not a safe lift. I don't know who the person was. Like overhead, squat, deadlift, everything else (laughs) is so ideal. But to lay down and say, hey, let me hold this above my neck and press it with my chest. I don't know. I guess it just looks cool. Yeah, That's it's everyone's favorite. favorite. I know it's like the high school bench press and biceps, <laughs> but uh, I bench 365 right now. My goal this year yeah. is to get to a 400 pound bench, which I know I can do. But I can, um, I block Jeez. press. So, Jeez. block press is where you have like a, a wood block right here. Someone holds it and you don't touch your chest to come up. I have block press 420. Yeah. So, I do know what it is like. My central nervous system knows what it's like to unrack 400 pounds. Press. And that, that's good for strength. Um, but with strength yeah. programs, 
uh, key, yeah. I keep it very simple. I do progressive overload and I focus on underactive, overactive muscles and strengthening. I go with the basic like OPT model with it, but I, I keep a lot of things simple and I, because a lot of my clients tend to be like, well, where do I look when I bench or how are my feet? And I tell them and I keep it very simple. I say, focus on your cues and lift it. You know, that's kind of what we're here for. If we're going for strength, but um, right. said a lot of people tend to overthink fitness. Yeah. You know, because there's so much out there. It's like, this is how you lose weight. It's always about the keto. It's about, no, it, now it's this now. Now eggs are bad. It's like, my goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, the cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> your arteries are going to get filled up. Meanwhile, you're sacrificing the best testosterone uh, foods in the world. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, I could dive into eggs and uh, nutrition and health. I'm a huge health and nutrition and working out bodybuilding junkie. I consume tons and hours and hours and hours of content on this stuff. Uh, I could sit down a full day and just keep watching YouTube videos about these things. So absolutely. So, I mean, we could talk for hours about this stuff, but man, those are some incredible lifts. I am uh, nowhere near that strong. Um, (laughs) But right now I'm sitting around 176. I'm six foot one. Um, So uh, I have some room to fill out still. Uh, My big goal this year is to hit 200 pounds, but more realistically, probably like 190. I'd be super happy sure. with 190. Um, so I mentioned, I, I showed you some of my goals, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been showing you some of my progress and stuff, and and yeah. I joke around with you, call you coach, and uh, you're not actually coaching me, but but your coach, and uh, and so I think I'm gonna have you kind of help me, um, just kind of get a a good plan to hit some of my strength goals because I've been, I'm really focusing on building up muscle mass and stuff, but I'd love to hit a, what was it? I think a 300 pound bench by the end of the year. I don't know if it's possible, but I don't know. I, I know I can bench over 200 pounds right now. My, my best ever was a 245 by one. Um, so I, I, you know, gents, if you, you know, get some tangible goals, get some tangible lifting goals, hit, hit up Damien masculine tradition. If you really want a great program and stuff, I mean, man, he's, he, the proof is in the pudding and, um, and you know, just get something simple and just do it. Because if you, if I could give one piece of advice for working out, it's that the absolute best program is the one that you will stick to. That's the best program. Cause I've spent so many months and years and wasted them searching for the best program. And this one, find one you like, Find one that doesn't hurt your body in ways that it should not hurt your body and stick to it because that's the program that you're going to get the best consistent. And we can dive into the nuance afterwards yeah. and we can tweak it and optimize it afterwards. For right now, to get a solid base, find a program that you like that's enjoyable but challenging and that hurts in the right way but hurts does not hurt in the wrong way. And, um, and really, you just need to be consistent. And that's, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing, um, but you're never going to see any changes and you can have the best program in the world yeah. and it won't well, matter. You mentioned you're how consistent. that you're not wow. like when I, when people say that, Oh, I, I'm nowhere near that, or I can't squat that or I can't, bench. there's people that are older than me that are, uh, cause a lifetime goal for me to get my PR, but it take muscle is so people need to understand that muscle is so spoiled. Muscle requires carbs, fats, water protein it requires vitamins it needs everything muscle is muscle is probably one of the most (laughs) nutritious it takes so much nutrients like it takes all of it everything we need 
So it's hard. Yeah, it, it's hard to build. It. Yeah, exactly. It's and it takes and years. It takes a lot of time to really get that strength. But I've never seen a lot of sat- the satisfaction of, and this goes with masculinity of getting like, uh, you know, I had a client that deadlifted 400 pounds for the first time. And that satisfaction of just lifting 400 pounds, by the way, I think deadlift is probably one of the most masculine lifts. Cause it's just, I, I, I call it the man lift. Cause you're just lifting something off the ground, locking it out at your hips. But seeing yeah. a person lift up 400 pounds off the ground, just that confidence and masculinity, knowing that you're walking around saying I could deadlift 400, 500 pounds. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Not a lot of people can do that. Right. When you look at the whole world population, actually, it seems like a ton of people can do that because of Instagram. Not a lot of people can. Not a lot of people care to want to bench 300 pounds. And, you know, I'm going with strength. That's what I do. But, yeah. It's very, it's very rare. It's That's very far above the average man's strength. So, if you're hitting a 300, even a 300-pound bench, that's way above the average man's strength. Way above it. Um, and, and like a, like a three fifteen, like that's a huge lifetime goal for me. If I could hit three fifteen sometime in my life, no, that's good and that, to you. No, that's, that's like, really oh, man, that, you know, you probably man. hit that in a year or something, but like, yeah, like, I mean, my goal is to hit that by the end of the year. I don't think I will necessarily, I might, but you know, with your help, I probably could. Um, and you know, and I have some goals for squat and for, uh, I don't do deadlifts just cause of my groin. I've like pulled my groin a little bit, but I do uh rack poles. Those don't bother my groin. So, um, I have a, you know, a goal for rack poles too. It's the same movement. It's just, you're starting at your knees yeah. instead of at the floor and you're doing it out of a rack. I really like it, but, um, you know, I've showed you those and then, you know, we, maybe we all get a strategy together. I need to get an actual strategy together for hitting those targets. But gents, this is the most practical thing you can do to develop physically is just get a routine. If you've been thinking about it and mulling it over and wondering which one's the best and this and that, and get a, whatever it is, an affordable routine, hit up masculine tradition, hit up Damien. He'll take care of you or, or find one somewhere else. If that's more your, your style and just stick to it just find something to like and stick to it. And you will see incredible growth because the, the truth is most men are not doing this. And if you want to rise above, be the cream, you know, the, the cream de la creme, uh, it's not that hard today. It's just be consistent. And that's doing kind of the hard thing. Like you like said, I, I love strength training. I can't live I can't go a week. If I go a week without it, it's because I just got done with a competition or I'm taking, get preparing for a comp. I need to do it. Right. It doesn't take a lot of discipline. You know, someone's like, someone told me the other day, oh, you're so disciplined to get there. No, it's not. I love it. I love it so much. But a lot of people, it does. And as a personal trainer, that's something I've had to really yeah. like understand that, oh, this person really just hates working out. I get, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, the fact that they're here is awesome. But, um, yeah. Um, and I would say to all the people, the reason why it's good to get a, a strength program from someone like myself or anybody is because, you know, um, steroids is the biggest like reason why a lot of these internet Instagram people are so strong. And someone like me, who's, who's someone like me, who's natural, oh, yeah. you can't train the way these guys do. You can't go on Instagram and look at people like, yes, you need, and they're doing like five, six, seven sets of hypertrophy, heavy ass weight. And, um, you can't do that as a natural guy. I don't do that. I can't do that. So when people like young kids will look at, Oh, this is what this guy's doing. I'm going to try it. And then they overtrain and they hurt themselves in the gym. Then they get discouraged. No, you need to find someone who's actually natural who, and not that anything's bad with steroids. If they're on that level, they're on that level, but it's hard to really take anything from them because 
it's hard. For, you can't relate to them. You can't, their recovery is like yeah. 10 times as fast as yours. Right. So them saying, Hey, do five, eight sets of this. Yeah. And then you do, it and you're like, man, I'm so sore. Well, yeah, because you're not like this guy who's enhanced and he's given you this program. It's, it's just, it's so, I see that yeah. so much. And that really needs to stop. You need to train naturally. Right. You need to give your body recovery. So yeah. I would say that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. In, my, in my opinion, natural is the way to go, you know, hard earned and then hard lost in my opinion, um, you yeah. know, build something that'll last and endure. And you see so many of these guys on steroids that, you know, they get jacked. They're 21 years old, 22 years old. They're absolutely jacked and they've uh, ruined their testicles mm-hmm. and they, they've ruined their testosterone levels. And there's some of these guys that can do it really smart and they cycle, you know, in a smart way and they've really put the research into it. But the majority of guys are not doing that. And the majority of them are doing it before they even come a fraction of the way close to hitting their natural potential. Yeah. I want to know what I can look like naturally. What do my genetics produce? What can my testicles produce? You know what I'm saying? And I remember Steve Reeves, I think he said, um, one of my favorite, you know, natural bodybuilders of all time back in the thirties. Um, He said something like, you know, someone asked if he took steroids. He's like, in my opinion, if you need to, um, if you, if you don't have enough, if your balls don't produce enough testosterone to uh, get, get jacked, then maybe you shouldn't be bodybuilding. Those guys, those guys are the best to take Um, bodybuilding, like (laughs) naturally from like Reg Park. These guys, they were strong too, but they were all natural. They were all natural and people, and they look natural. Like being in the the fitness industry, I could, you could tell who's natural, who's not. All these people are, they're awesome, but they train like three days a week. And people were like, whoa, why, why are they doing that? Because recovery right. is natural. It reco- I train four yeah. days a week and people are shocked That's that so I, important. I do that. I'm like, no, you need recovery. You need your rest day. You need to stay mobile. Um, but yeah, uh, steroids yeah. are actually, when it comes into your body, your body doesn't know where it's getting that testosterone from. So when you get off of those, it shuts down the natural ones because right. it's, like, so it yeah, it's like, oh, we're getting all this from somewhere else. So we really don't more. produce this much. Then when you get off of it, it just messes with your hormones, man. Yeah. Be strong, chase physical goals, chase conditioning goals as well. You know, go on a hike, uh, walk outside, get some fresh air, but, um, do, do some yeah. body weight pushups. You don't need to go to that next level of just trying to get jacked for no reason. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. I see all these internet, you know? Yeah. And well, that's the culture we live in though. We live in that, you know, fast, get everything fast quick you know drive through culture and we we were bombarded by so many of these freak of nature elite genetic you know top of the top photoshopped steroid taking people on instagram and all these social media sites and uh the perception of reality is so skewed that's why i like to i like to follow like natural bodybuilders i like to follow the Steve Reeve, you know, pages that are, you know, they post some of his old pictures, stuff like that. Natural inspiration to really see what, okay, what can a human body actually do without all this other junk? And, uh, and for the majority yeah. of guys, you know, that's just, just get on a simple program. Um, so that would, that's the biggest step. Obviously we talked about that for a while. We went on some tangents there and that's fine. Um, but what are some other steps in your opinion to developing a man's physical nature, um, practical steps that he can use to develop the virtue, you know, what virtues, are kind of in that realm. And, and when I say physical, I'm also including relational intimacy, uh, you know, uh, with your wife, with your kids, things like this. What would you say are the most important things a man should do right now uh, to, you know, develop that? Maybe 
providing um, for his so home, I'd for say his family, whatever it is. When it comes to like physical fitness goals, I would say the first thing is to, if you're not experienced in it, get yourself a coach, but somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Somebody who's not on this Instagram, who's loaded up with steroids. Um, but if you do know what you're doing, if you have a foundation, um, try to emulate the natural guys. I would say go to the 50s and but be careful with that too because they they weren't really educated in a lot of stuff. They kind of just did their own thing. But it's a great foundation and a place to start. So I'd say go the natural way and really keep that in your mind that I'm trying to develop myself naturally. I'm not trying to get my program from just this yeah. um, guy who's super enhanced. Um, just like anything, you know, if you're not an expert in finances, go to a financier. So yeah, get yourself a coach or get yourself a simple program. And play around with it and see where you're good at. When it comes to intimacy and stuff like that, I think I naturally am a very affectionate person with my family. I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. My oh, girlfriend's yes, family, uh, my fiance's family actually now, um, isn't affectionate, but I still hug them. And they've kind of come around to how I am because that's how I'll be with my kids. That's how I am with my pets. That's how I am with my children. So I think... It, I think it, I think it is. Yes, it is. It's um, and a lot of people, opinion. you know, my, my grandfather was like that. And he was one of the most masculine men I knew. And it's, 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 it's love in the sense. So if your kids know that you love them by just, you know, hugging them, um, giving them a kiss on the head or, you know, holding their hand when they cross the street or anything like just like picking them up when they're still little and wrestling with them, playing with them. Those are all very masculine attributes. And it kind of gives a sense of warmth to your children too which I really love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you're touching upon this. I think this is massively important. Maybe even one of the most important things we've talked about in this podcast, because it's such a, such a misconception that um, masculinity is cold and harsh. Uh, I, I preach and I will continue to preach the tender aggressiveness of masculinity, of true masculinity. Um, and, you know, people see that nurturing you know, warm side as a solely feminine thing. And I just don't think that's accurate. I think that um, masculinity has to be self-sacrificial and it has to be warm and, and blessing. And if this is a, which I think most men um, because of their sinful nature and because of other things, I think most men will struggle with their upbringing, their environment, the way that they were parented. Most men will struggle with this. And I don't think it's because, that's what masculinity is. I think that that's a, um, th- you know, just a, a sinful thing that has that has eroded what masculinity should be. And I, 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 when I think of some of the most masculine men I've ever known, they are warm, kind, uh, kingly men that really care about their um, about their people that they love and about the people they steward and about the uh, you know their wife and their kids. And I'm lucky enough to, my dad wasn't overly affectionate, but he, he was pretty affectionate. And my mom is very affectionate and I'm a very affectionate person. And so I was lucky enough to grow up like that. Um, so being warm and affectionate is something that's natural to me, but some men, it doesn't come natural. So I, I'm so happy you touched upon this because I think one of the most practical things you could do to develop your physical virtues as a man um, in, in pertaining specifically to your relational aspect um, the way that you communicate and the way that you show love and the way that you are with your wife and your kids and your family and your friends, the most simple things you can do is just show affection in an appropriate way. 
Um, and I don't think this is talked about much. So I just want to, I've interrupted you a little bit here, but I just really want to dive into this subject. Give me some of your, and give, give the guys and the gents listening some of the best, simplest things that you can do to show your affection. It, it goes a long way. Physically being as a man. the rock of your family, I think, means being emotionally stable and being this kind of person, this man that doesn't panic when everything else is going off around him. Exactly. So I yeah. think when you're your wife level is worried, yeah, I love that. worried. Um, you know this. Every human knows this from just just a human perspective that if you're feeling sad or you're feeling whatever discouraged, a simple uh, hand on the shoulder or a hug really does change a lot. And a lot of people think like, oh, this person's sad. What can I say? What can I say to help them? But if you just give them a hug, it's very, it brings this warmth and it brings this kind of, you know, feeling that everything's going to be okay. And it's, and that's what men should provide that that's not a, a feminine quality. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a lion on this one where, I was watching Narnia and yeah. And, and Aslan was, it's this, this mighty King that everyone's kind of like, they love him, but they're also afraid of, him. but this, this girl, um, the youngest one, when she finds him again, she runs up to him and she gives him a hug and he's like hugging her and he's affectionate with her. It's a, you know, it's a line, but what I'm saying is that he has this masculine quality of he's dangerous. He's a leader but he also has this ability to hug and play with his children that he's protecting. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's such a balance. And Jesus was like that. I could imagine Jesus when he picked your, your uh, picture right there, where he's reaching out and grabbing Peter's hand. Yeah. When, when, when St. Peter drowned and was drowning in the water, Jesus picked him up and I'm sure embraced him and said, you have little faith. You know what I mean? So it's this, it is a masculine quality. Anything Christ did was. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think uh, that's exactly what I think of. And that's part of the massive inspiration for this movement and for the page is uncage the lion. And what does that mean? You think of these, you know, my symbols, a roaring lion and a kingly and, a, and, and all this. But there's also, you know, Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he was also the lamb of God. And you think of Aslan, like you said, I love that you brought up Aslan who is a symbol for, you know, a symbol of Christ. Um, and uh, he's just ferocious and he's feared and, uh, but he's so loving and so kind and so good. Um, these are the qualities of masculinity, the rare qualities of that lion hearted masculinity that I seek to, you know, this movement seeks to, and you seek to bring out in our culture and revive in society, revive in the hearts of yes, men. Yeah. <laughs> And I think of Mufasa, and I, I've talked about this before. If anybody who's listened to a lot of my content, I think of Mufasa because to, to me, I have to touch upon this. And I haven't mentioned this on the, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I have a, a love for Mufasa. I have a love for Aslan. I, obviously, Uncaged the Lion. The lion's my favorite animal. And the reason why I bring up Mufasa is because just like how you brought up Aslan, Mufasa's a perfect representation maybe not perfect but is a really really good representation of what i believe masculinity should look like and it's odd oddly enough it comes in the disney movie from the 90s or whatever it's my favorite disney movie i watched it a million times when i was growing up but you see that self-sacrificial love you see that he has presence he has gravitas you know he has that deep masculine voice uh, james earl jones i think his name is and and he has that fatherliness and he jokes around with his, with Simba, with his kid. And, and 
and then he gets you know serious. I don't know how I don't know how long it's been since you've watched The Lion King, but there's that scene I always quote it, where um, Simba had just led Nala and them into the the outer lands that he wasn't supposed to be in, and Mufasa had just uh, saved him from the hyenas and from Scar and uh, and that you know those the evil the evil ones out there, and he and he was really disappointed, and he's just like Simba. You deliberately disobeyed me, and and that, that scene where they're sitting there at the edge and they're looking at the stars, and then he's he's really harsh with them. He tells him exactly what he needs to, to say to him, and then he's really fatherly and loving with him. And he's just like, "I'm so upset because I was scared, I was fearful that you would get hurt, and and worse, you put Nala in danger." And then right after that, he just starts loving up on his son, and and being affectionate with him. And I saw this, and I'm like, "Wow, if dads." We're like that. How much different would this world look if that's what if that's what masculinity was like all the time? Um, so, I mean, we're getting really deep into it here, but practical ways to do it, just like you said, um, you know, just just be affectionate where you need to recognize the love language of your spouse and of your children, and give that to them, even if it's not what is normal for you. I think this is a way to really develop your physical nature. Yeah, a, a lot of men, I think, could aspect. struggle with this because they didn't grow Give me some of your final thoughts on that. I've seen, I don't know if anybody's watched uh, Parks and Recreation. There's a, there's a character on there named Ron Swanson. And yeah, they kind of joke with his character because every time yeah, someone's Swanson, upset, yeah. he does it. He, he has all these masculine qualities, but he's terrible at like warmth and providing support. So he'll like go like this really awkwardly and pat him on the head. Yeah. It's it's because there's always something that men struggle with, and sometimes it could be that right, it could be right. just just providing that sense of warmth and um, support and, and loving nature, and, and like you said, that's not a a feminine quality at all. I think being there for your wife, too, you know, hugging her and kissing her every time. A lot of that's kind of how marriages fall apart. Is we tend to forget. We just kind of take it for granted. Like, oh yeah, no, that's my wife. It's a very secular view. I'm back home from work. I'm gonna watch TV. I'm going to, you know, whatever. We have our date night once a month and yeah, we're playing it out like yeah. as if it's like a schedule. But it's like, it's like, no, this is your, your souls are connected. You are one of God now. And you right. are, you have your roles and she has hers and you're supposed to love her and cherish her. So I think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, yeah, I think this is, uh, this has been a good discussion. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here pretty soon, but this has been a good discussion about the masculine, you know, virtues and, and the the masculine natures and what those three big ones are. And they can be broken down to those subcategories, like I've said, but just developing spiritually as a man, having that foundation spiritually and morally developing uh, intellectually, you know, doing what you need to financially. And we can, you know, there'll be further episodes really digging into these topics more in depth. Like what should a man do with his finances? What are the practical things? But right now, the simple things you should do, um, like we said, with the spiritual, wake up early, read your Bible, get a morning routine, seek God, seek purpose, seek truth. Um, you know, with the intellectual, you know, learn skills, read books. Uh, if you're a Christian, you better be knowing how to defend your faith intellectually. It's, uh, you know, learn scientific and philosophical arguments. Read the great minds. Read the canon of Western civilization all these things that you have no excuses not to do. Um, you know, learn about finances, get a basic knowledge of it, these things. So these are 
you know, these are some simple things men should be doing right now that you can do. Um, and then the physical nature, like you said, with your, your background of strength training and then some of that insight you brought to the table today, great, valuable stuff. Men, listen, listen to what Damien has said. Um, develop yourself physically as a man. It's so important. Strength cannot be understated. I don't think you can really be a, you can be a, what's the, what's the quote? I, I forgot exactly what it is, but it's basically like you can be a good man without being strong and dangerous, but you cannot be good at being a man without being strong and capable and dangerous. So there's a, there's a distinction there. There's a difference between being a good guy because we all know good men that are men that we, we love them. And there's a difference between good being a good man and good at being a man. You want to be, you want to not only be a good man, you want to be good at being a man. And that is in that physical realm. Get that strength program going, find something you can be consistent with. And, um, and then reach out to your wife, build your relational aspect, um, learn your, your wife's love language, learn your children's love languages, and really try to be that affectionate, tender, aggressive man. You don't take no crap, but you're also very loving. Um, awesome talk today. I think we talked about some really important things. We went off on tangents, which is perfectly normal. You know, me and you talking, we could talk for hours and stuff. So this has been awesome. I want to give the floor to you real quick. Get your final thoughts that you want to leave the viewers with, um, leave these gentlemen with, and, you know, maybe just your final thoughts on, you know, what is the most important thing that we should be doing right now as men to, uh, to bring back truth and stand for truth in, in society and, and, and be bold and uh, be good leaders and, and good men. I, you know, I know that's a broad question, but I just want to hear your final yeah, thoughts on what we talked about today and then uh, your answer. There's, a, there's a quote that I actually got from, I think it was the art of manliness. And he said, he said that, uh, I'd rather know a little bit about everything than to know a lot just about one thing. And I think a man in all of his essence is balanced. And what I mean by that is you're talking about your spiritual gains, your, your intellectual gains and your physical um, gains. You just know a little bit about everything. You don't need to be an expert in every single one of these, but if you're so broad and all your knowledge is a man and you know here, you know about this, you know about that, you know a little bit about this, you're so much more of an asset to your family. And, it, as, and I think that that's where men, because I tend to have the tendency to overthink, which is why I'm saying this. Know a little bit about everything. And then over time, you're going to see your knowledge grow in all of these different aspects of your life. If you know, if you're memorizing a verse a week, if you're reading a certain book, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're going to the gym, and it's just these, these little things. But over that time, consistency with these little things is going to grow. And then you're going to, you're just going to say, wow, you know, I, I tend to, th- a lot of men, we live in a society where it's, you know, kind of like a workaholic society where if you're not, if you're not putting 110% in any of this, then you're failing. Put, put effort into this, put effort into that, but keep it simple. And that's kind of the whole thing on masculine tradition. If you notice about my page, I keep a lot of things simple. I, I, I say what we're about. I post a really good I try to find a really good um, image to portray what I'm trying to get across biblically. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was the idea. I'm really happy you actually said yeah, that. I love your aesthetic. That, I really love happy the pictures you mentioned you that. They're awesome. That was the goal. Keep it simple. I think as men, if we keep it simple and we focus on the goals, your spiritual goals, read the Bible, pray to God, be led by the Spirit, your intellectual goals, 
listen to podcasts, read some good books, even if it's classic books. I love Ernest Hemingway. And learn about your finances. Try to develop your net worth instead of a a paycheck mentality. Invest in certain things. Um, You know, gold, silver, real estate. Think about about it like that, what you can leave behind for your family. And then your physical goals, keep it simple. Go to get a simple routine. Uh, Start eating a great breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Stay hydrated. Don't focus on any of these fad diets that, you know, it's like, oh, here's the new fad and here's here's what you got to do now. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> Just stay steadfast, right? That's what the Bible tells us to be. Um, right. This, yeah. The the simplicity of being a Christian man steadfast. is actually all That's there. We, we just tend before. to over uh, the enemy I think uses a lot of overthinking to help make us stumble. We tend to be into we look at the Bible and we're like you want me to memorize all this? It's like no, we want you to be right. well well structured in God's word, you know. You want me to be a bodybuilder or strength? no. A little a little everything. You know what I mean? That's how you develop. So I'd say keep it simple. Focus on these goals and don't overwhelm yourself with yeah. you got to be the best at everything. Because if you do that, you don't have humility, which is one of the greatest virtues. So be humble and keep it simple. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Be a, be a man of skill. Be a capable man. Develop yourself. Be a well-rounded man. And... Mm-hmm. You know, in, in doing so, it's you're going to become a master of at least a few things. You know, there's that, that saying, you know, be a jack of all trade, master of none type of thing. You should be a master in at least a few things. But there's no reason you can't be a master in a few things and also a jack of all trades, you know, and have a, a level of proficiency in, in quite a few things in the manly, manly skill set that you need. And so great points there. And just to round out this talk real quick, um, what you touched upon growing balanced as a man. I've mentioned it in a previous podcast episode, but the philosophy that I, you know, Uncaged the Lion methodology that that I work with was heavily influenced by a quote by Douglas Gerald uh, that I found really inspirational. And this whole aspect of the spiritual, the um, intellectual and the physical nature of a man it goes something like, I'm paraphrasing here. It goes something like, the superior man is he who develops in harmonious proportions, his spiritual, intellectual, and physical nature. Mm. And it is this end that all men should aim. And I think that that is just dead on. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. That's exactly what this talk was about. That's exactly what this movement is about to some degree. And, and we, we also go further and, and, and try to help men develop into the leaders that they need to be and the stewards they need to be. Um, but yeah, so I just want to leave you with that. And um, thank you so much for joining today, Damien. This has been amazing. Uh, really appreciate it. I really think that uh, the viewers and, and the, the gentlemen and even the ladies that are listening right. in, because I know we both have some uh, quite a quite a big female audience as well that listens in and uh, that follows us on Instagram and our, our movement, um, which just shows guys that there's a uh, genuine need out there for good men. If there's that this many females that are following stuff like this, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for coming along. I think this will be really valuable. Yeah, for thanks, everyone that thanks listens so much in. for having me, man. This God has been bless a fun you. discussion. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Well, if you've stuck around until the end, I just want to thank you so much. Uh, I had a real fun time interviewing Damien from Masculine Tradition. He's a great guy. I highly recommend you go connect with him over on Instagram at Masculine Tradition. 
And I think he's got some other things in the works. Uh, he does personal training, like we mentioned, personal coaching. So connect with him, send him a DM. He's very responsive. Um, I don't think he'll mind me saying that. <laughs> and anyway, it just it's just been a blast. So thank you guys so much. I hope you gained a lot of value from this little interview, this talk. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be more to come. So please stick around one, you know, one last call to action for you guys, because it matters so much in pushing this movement is please leave that rating review on iTunes here. And, uh, and please sign up for the email list because it's, like I said, in the beginning, it's so important that you guys get on there. That way we can still communicate, talk to each other and spread the movement, even when conservative and Christian voices are getting cracked down. Um, so those would be the two biggest things. And other than that, just, you know, follow and message over on Instagram and, and on Gab and Facebook and MeWe, wherever you're at. I have a Twitter account too, but I don't post very much. I'm waiting for Parler to come back on. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for sticking around this long. It's been awesome. And I'll see you guys next time.